Welcome to the DJ P Dog in the Mix podcast, hosted by 18 year industry veteran DJ P Dog. DJ P Dog will share stories and have guests that focus on giving artists the tools needed for a thriving music career and a path to better health. You are now in the mix with DJ P Dog. Ladies and gentlemen, it is like, guys, you got, you got to understand, bro. I've got, and I say this almost every show, and it's always true every show, but I've got an absolute legend on the show, bro. And, and this guy, and we're going to get into the stories and all that good stuff on just how much this legend has impacted me. Okay, to be where I am today. And we're going to talk a lot about that. But I'm telling you guys, he's not only a legend um, to me, but this guy is a legend all across the board. All right. He's an author. He's a pastor. He's a hip hop artist. He's got legendary hip hop artists, bro, that follows him on Twitter. Chuck D, bro. Are you kidding me? Chuck D. Okay. Gave him the follow on Twitter. Okay. That's that's how I can't I can't see this guy. And we're lucky and blessed to have him on the show from the legendary Christian hip hop group, Transformation Crusade. Please welcome Pastor Dr. Chris Williamson. Oh, man. Oh, man. I need to have you introduce me more often, brother. Man, it's good to be here. Finally glad that we could make this work and we could sit down and chop it up a little bit. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. Every single person that I bring onto the show and I give them an introduction, they all say, some of the same things. I may go into the business of just pre-recording people's yeah. intros. You know, maybe we'll make that into yeah. a thing. I don't know. <laughs> Come on. Man, it's um, it has been I would say almost eighteen years in the making. Okay, for mm. us to to have this conversation, and 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 I don't want to get ahead of myself. Okay, because we got to talk about you a little bit and who you are. And and in somewhere in all of that, I'll insert my quick little blurbs and stories um, in there somewhere. But first of all, man, how how are you guys doing, man? Like you're out there in Tennessee, um, you know, you're doing your thing with your church, Strong Tower Church. Um, I've had an opportunity to visit your church, um, had an amazing time there, um, connecting with you um, in person. That was my first time connecting with you in person. Um, that was years ago now. That was probably like 10 years yeah. ago now. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. But nonetheless, how you doing, man? We're doing well, man. We're blessed and uh, trying to fight this pollen out here. My, my left eye about closed, but uh, <laughs> but my mouth is all right. But no, we're, we're doing fine. I have allergies until probably five years ago. Wow. Growing up in Baltimore, Maryland, I didn't fool with that stuff. But then coming here to Tennessee, <laughs> Uh, I guess as I'm getting older, my defenses are going down or something. But we're we're, we're doing well. We're, we're fine. This is our 26th year of local church ministry. Nice. Um, pastoring a multiracial church here in the South, led by a black man. And uh, you know, you you don't see many of these models out there. Uh, but we're grateful to be a part of God's diverse kingdom, doing our part. There you go. There you go. With that, going back to that pollen, bro. I feel like. With allergy season coming, you almost got to have a sign around your neck saying, hey, it's allergies, not the COVID. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Especially if you get that cough. Oh, my gosh. Forget about it, bro. But no, I don't have a cough. My my eye just leaks, man, and swells up. So, 
But other than that, I'm cool. yeah, I've been there, done that, bro. I'm not looking forward to the the pollen rising, and I live in the woods, bro. So we get it real bad out here. Mm. But um, mm. but nonetheless, man, I'm I'm excited to have you on the show, and and I guess let's just dive right into it, bro. Cause um, and and I want you to kind of take your time and share your story. Um, you know, the the whole idea of of the show is to inspire um, young artists, veteran artists whatever um even if you're not an artist hopefully that the stories that anybody that i bring on the show um any stories that they share can inspire them in some way uh form or fashion and your story has personally inspired me and again i'm not gonna get ahead of myself but i want to talk about your involvement specifically in the hip-hop world the christian hip-hop world kind of let me let us know how you got started in the music business and uh, and then we'll kind of take it from there. And anything you want to share in between, we'll we'll just kind of chop it up right there and start there. Okay. Well, in order to do that, we're gonna have to go back a little bit. Okay. Uh, back to really 1978-79. Okay. I remember when Rapper's Delight came wow. out. Wow. Uh, really, the first pop crossover hip hop record. Mm-hmm. You know, hip hop was definitely underground in New York at the time, but hadn't hit the mainstream until Rapper's Delight came from Sugar Hill Gang. Yeah. And so I was in the sixth grade. We had a record player. And I remember getting that record, playing that record over and over and, and memorized every single word on that uh, song. And then uh, from there, Run DMC came out uh, with a uh, single, It's Like That. And on the other B was Sucker MCs. Nice. So then I got hooked on Run DMC because Run DMC was, you know, street and, 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 and we could identify better with them than with the Sugar Hill Gang. And so from there, man, I wanted to be DJ Run. That, that was like the guy I wanted to be. And I had a partner back in the day and uh, he wanted to be like DMC. So we created our own rap group following Run DMC and this moved on into high school. So uh, I was the kind of athlete uh i was i didn't like to really get in front of people but for some reason i gravitated towards rap music and we would rap in the cafeteria rap in the hallways and and this was really uh going on your year and my senior year in high school where we, we had a following me and my partner his name was icy mike i see mike <laughs> my name was mc Romeo. yeah my <laughs> name was mc romeo that was the best i could do my, my brother that name, but uh, but we would we would tear it up in Baltimore County, uh, and in our high school, and uh, until we met some dudes from Baltimore City who who took us down, called the We Rock Crew. But uh, again, anyway, anyway, yeah, anyway, let, I digress. Let, let me go on. Then uh, <laughs> I went to uh, college. Okay. And um, I didn't want to go to a Christian college. I had just become a Christian right before uh, my eleventh grade year, but I wasn't growing as a disciple. Mm. And uh, it's one of those kind of relationships with the Lord that I would be tripping on Friday and then go to church on Sunday, pray the sinner's prayer again, just to make sure. And that's how I was living, you know, yeah. in, in my junior and senior in high school. And I had visited a Christian college because they had recruited at my church and it was called Liberty University. Mm-hmm. And they were doing this thing called college for a weekend. Yeah. And so my parents wanted me to go to college for a weekend. And I went my junior year in high school and my senior year in high school. I went twice. And it was something about that place in Lynchburg, Virginia, that I liked. It, it was just something about the place. It, it, there weren't many Black people there. 
It's in the mountains. You know, red clay is everywhere. Again, Lynch. And it's called Lynchburg, Bird, right. Virginia. <laughs> yeah, man. But it was something about the place. And I, I didn't know it was the spirit of the Lord, like, beginning to minister to my heart to say, this is where I want you to be. But I didn't have that vision. Hmm. But my father did. My father, who passed away in year 2000, my father says, son, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you need to go to Liberty University. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, okay, I'll go to Liberty. And, uh, and since they weren't recruiting me in football, I had to walk on to the football team in order to try to get a scholarship, earn some money, because we, we didn't have money for tuition. Wow. And uh, so I went there and I broke my leg in summer practice before the season started, even before the school year began. So I was up, you know, trying to earn my spot and was doing well. And I broke my leg, never broke a bone playing football in my life, uh, but broke it so bad they had to screw my leg back together. Wow. And that was when I developed a prayer life uh, because I'm away from home, four and a half hours away from mm -hmm. home. And uh, again, don't have any money for school. One of the only blacks there outside of the football team. And that's where me and the Lord began to talk to each other. And, uh, and then there was a man who took me under his wing, one of the few African-American vice presidents at the school at the time, his name was Michael Faulkner. And he began to disciple me, but he didn't call it discipleship. It wasn't a program. Mm -hmm. But it was just a thing where um, he would bring me to his office and we would open up the Bible and talk about it. And uh, then he showed me how to use a concordance, how to use a Bible dictionary. And he knew that I like rap music. And I'm listening to, again, Run DMC and the Beastie Boys, LL Cool J, Fat Boys, yeah. all these groups that, you know, that music was illegal at Liberty. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm walking around that campus, you know, I'm wearing Kango hats and shell to adidas you know I, I'm, I'm sticking out and i want to stick out uh you know I'm, I'm trying to let these brothers know don't run up on me and all this kind of stuff but he saw something in me and he said uh have you ever thought about writing raps about god hmm. i said no no never have and he says i tell you what if you get a song i'll take you out with me when i speak i said oh cool because you know every rapper is looking for a stage absolutely so um, I wrote I wrote a song, man, listening to a sermon, and it just hit me. And I just started writing. I couldn't stop. And uh, and so I got my little song together. And he would take me out when he spoke. He just didn't tell me we were going to be going to detention centers, jails, uh, street corners, things like right. that. And we would do it, man. And I would have my little rap, my little boom box that would play a rap beat. And dudes would stop playing basketball and come over and listen to us. Wow. And so I'm a young guy, I'm a freshman, and I'm trying to share my faith. I really don't know what all that means, but I'm rapping, which really was setting me up to be a preacher. Mm. And, uh, and man, I did that for, for a minute and he scholarshiped me so that I could stay in school. And then he uh, sent me on a tour over the summer to go to um, various stations where students from Liberty were ministering in New York, Chicago, and Philadelphia. Wow. So this was in 1987. So I took off and went to New York first. And in New York, man, I, I, I surrendered to the call to preach God's word because I knew God was calling me to preach his word. Yeah. But he used rap music to, to get me to that place. So let me, let me ask you this question real quick. So just kind of back up for a quick second, and I'm going to let you get back to the story. So would it be safe to say that you are the first rapper to be on scholarship at Liberty University. <laughs> I never thought of it that way, but yeah. Yeah. And uh, and let me say this too. <laughs> there are other rappers at Liberty. 
There were other rappers at Liberty. Matter of fact, I was in a group called Revelation. Okay. And uh, we, we had one performance and it was uh, like half time at a basketball game. Uh, but in that group was uh, a, a guy named Todd Peck, who's a pastor right now. Uh, and then another guy named Barry Lyons, who's ministering in Israel right now. He's moved to Israel. Then another guy named Toby McKeon, who people know as brother went to DC Talk and Toby Mack. Really? And then myself. So the four of us were in a group called Revelation. Man. Never knew that. And Wow. Uh, yeah. History. Now, yeah. 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 We, yeah. And we had a song that we did together in a performance. But we would also battle rap, too. We, we would drive to Roanoke, uh, which is like, you know, 50 miles away. Right. And go to the Roanoke Mall and find suckers to battle, to battle rap. Because that's what we did back then. So here are these Christian rappers finding people to battle rap. And we're flowing on here talking about people's clothes but that's what we did you know we had a little edge to us but yeah i guess i i, I was the first cat to have a scholarship because uh uh yeah i got that scholarship but then later jerry falwell gave our group a scholarship nice but but i'll back up though i'll back up uh, so my sophomore year i come in and i'm called to preach and i declare my major in biblical studies and uh, god puts me in a room with a dude that i knew of but I really didn't know personally. And I knew him because he had a nice beatbox. And this was Daryl Fitzgerald. God put us in the same room. Again, not too many black people on campus. So when you see another brother around campus, like, hey, hey, brother. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But God put us in the same room. And we began to hold each other accountable and encourage each other, disciple each other. But he had a funky box. I could flow. And so we were rapping, doing our thing in DeMoss Hall mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. all of that. And so wow. then... This big brother comes to uh, Liberty from uh, Chicago to play football. His name is Andre Sims. And he used to dip and dab in the gang life a little bit. And, uh, and he would tell his testimony on campus. Uh, you know, I think he was with the disciples. And people mesmerized. But the, but the big thing about Andre is on a Christian campus, he was sold out for Jesus. Hmm. Now, again, you expect everybody to be Christ. But it ain't like that. There's a whole lot of um, uh, lukewarmness on a Christian Real campus. Talk. So when this big brother came in, sold out for Jesus, and didn't care what anybody thought about him, you know, because, you know, people weren't trying to go all the way for Christ. But this brother went all the way for Christ. So he was setting a tempo. And we ended up connecting because he would sleep in our dorm room because he would work the guard shack. Because back then there was a right. guard shack. Right, I remember the guard shack. So, so he was a <laughs> robocop. So he would work, you know, and then come out from a crash. But but we would start talking and telling stories and things like that. He, like, like to hear us rap. So then this evangelist came to Liberty named French, and uh, and he was talking about you women. Know, who was who was the evangelist again? You cut out there. Freddie Gage. Okay. Freddie Gage. He was like a street evangelist who came, and this whole thing was go tell people about Christ. So after listening to him, we were inspired to say, you know what? Let's go tell our people yeah. about Christ. Yeah. Uh, and let's put it in a form that they can understand, which is rap music, which was very strong. And this is back in 1988, you know, 87, 88 at the time. I was a kindergarten, by the way. We just, were, just throwing that out, was in just throwing that out oh, there. Man, golly. Yeah, <laughs> man. So, so that's where we started Transformation Crusade. Yeah. Because Billy Graham had a crusade. And he's going, you know, to all these places, but who was taking it to the neighborhood? Yeah. 
So we were like, we're going to conquer for the cross crusade, take it to the neighborhoods, you know, with rap. And then Andre would preach and share his testimony. We had another brother who just passed away. His name was Didi. He would also share his testimony about being delivered from heroin mm. and all that kind of stuff. So, so we, we had a package, man, and God anointed us. He had his hand on us and man, people were coming to Christ left and right throughout ministry, wow. man, for space of a strong four years just wherever we would go man people would respond to to the invitation that we send forth and i mean we went everywhere yeah everywhere every major city in the country yeah uh bloods crips out in watts i mean we're everywhere in detroit chicago cabrini green projects we were everywhere on the street wow while we're doing street ministry dc talk is, is doing well they're not in the streets. They're in the concert. Right. Rooms. So there was a little self-righteousness on our part because we're looking down on them. Yeah. You know, it's easy, easy. to get self-righteous. At Very easy. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, we judged them and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and I later apologized to Toby uh, many, many years later that I judged him and put him down. But a lot of it was just I was jealous of how uh, they, they, they were just they had a, mete- a meteoric rise, man. And so... Um, it was like a competition between them and us. Hmm. And so, um, so I remember, man, it was 1987, a dude named Daryl McGee told me about commission. Wait a minute. So wait a minute. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> okay. Don't, I, don't, I, I went too far. You got, you, you got to, you got to back up. up. Cause I got to ask you this question, bro. One, I actually got two questions. Cause you talked about, um, you know, you were on scholarship first at Liberty. And by the way, for those of you who don't know, I went to Liberty University as well. Um, and, and me and Chris's story kind of interconnects. And we'll get to that in a minute as we get into that commission piece. So, so, so hold tight, brother. Don't go, don't go too far. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let me, let me go back to that second scholarship. Yeah, that's what um, I wanted to talk about. We, 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 we had done a summer tour, if you will, in, in a, uh, I think it was a 78 Thunderbird. Wow. Uh, there were four of us and then a young lady who was Andre's uh, future wife. Mm-hmm. And she was with the uh, Liberty Gospel Choir and all that stuff. So we would travel. We traveled to 13 cities over the summer and ministered in each city. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we got back, Jerry Falwell had heard about how God had used us. And uh, one place we went in particular, uh, let's see, uh, we were in and we had, you know, done our concert, preached the gospel, extended invitation. People came forward to receive Christ. They filled out cards. And we came to find out the next day that a young man who was at the concert that night got shot and killed oh, wow. when he got dropped uh, by the bus, shot in his neighborhood. So the next day, people were scrambling to find out if he had made a decision to trust Christ. And lo and behold, there was his name on a card. They had trusted Jesus and he got shot not long after that. So Falwell heard about that story and he was like, man, I I want y'all to rap on all gospel hour. So we went (laughs) into Thomas Roe Baptist church, all this blue hair, gray hair, white hair. And we up there (laughs) doing our rap, man. And then he interviewed us on his show. And so uh, after the show, he was broken. Forward was broken. And he said to us, he said, uh, 
you know, I, there, there are things I've done in my past that I am not proud of. And he about being a segregationist, you know, how he started out. And so he said, um, but if there's something I can do to help y'all, please let me know. So one of the brothers in the group said, you can help us with our school bill. Hmm. He said, done. He said, your schooling will be paid from now until how long you want to go to Liberty University. If you want to go into a master's program, I'll pay for it. Wow. So from that point on, every time we had to go in for registration, we would let them know that we had a Jerry Falwell scholarship and they would stamp our paperwork with a red JFS and uh, the debt was paid. Now, you know, I can preach that when, when, when a red J-E-S-U-S is Come on, brother. to our account saying that it's paid. In Come full. on, brother. And it felt good, you know, because I didn't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> But, but but yeah, man, so Falwell got behind us with that and, and, and paid for us. So I went all the way and got my master's at Liberty. Wow, that's that's crazy. So again, and this is why your story. So now this is my first time actually hearing that story unpacked. Like I knew about the scholarship. I knew you guys were doing your thing. I didn't know that you had had it twice. Um, so this is mm -hmm. this is all educational to me. Um, but I think what you guys did. You know, because there were a lot of people who came after you guys, and, and I'm one of those those individuals. But even before me, um, you know, there were other guys like, you know, I'll call out some names. You'll probably know these names like CZ, Curtis Zachary, um, mm -hmm. my man, Mac DeDulos um, from, from Philly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all, the, all those guys came to Liberty, and they came in like maybe a year after they left, about a year after. That's when I came in. Um, and so... Now, let, let me kind of intertwine my story just a little bit, because mm -hmm. you, you went to Liberty, you got your scholarship, you got your undergrad, your master's degree, you go on and, and do your thing, but then Liberty brings you back, okay? I don't know how many times they brought you back since you had left, I don't know, but this particular time, it was the fall of 2002, okay? They brought you back for uh, kind of like their opening revival, if you would. Um, for the year called Spiritual Emphasis Week, all right? And mm -hmm. in the crowds of, of Spiritual Emphasis Week was this new kid on the block, okay? He was just P-Dog. There was no DJ P-Dog then, okay? It was just P-Dog, you know? I had mm -hmm. this, this crazy idea, you know, two years prior before me even getting to Liberty to do something with hip-hop traveling doing ministry you know i would tell people and share with them like well what is it gonna look like that i don't know i have no idea but i know it's gonna happen mm -hmm. okay so mm -hmm. i get to liberty and and same thing with you you know by that time it's, it's a few more black people on the campus but still in comparison we're still a minority right so i get to this church service it's in the vine center that's they play basketball and whatnot and they're like, you know, this guy's going to preach. And I'm like, okay, bet. And I see you, and I'm like, holy smokes, wait a minute. They got a brother, okay? <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, okay, all right. But, you know, Chris, let's, 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 let's keep it a buck for a second, bro. Come on. Whenever you're in a, in a predominantly white space and you see a brother, you know, it's like, okay, I see a brother, but, like, you see a bruh. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. No doubt. You know? No doubt. So I'm listening to you preach. I'm like, man, like this mug is like blessing me right now. 
And I think it was like on the second or third, no, second day, you said that you were a rapper. Okay, now you've got my attention even more. Okay. And you teased to say, maybe I'll rap something, you know, on the last night or something like that. So I'm like, okay, this brother is, is killing it right now with the preaching and he can rap. Okay, bet. And then you told us that you are part of the group Transformation Crusade. Okay. And that really rang a bell to me because before I came to Liberty, I had really dug into um, becoming a huge fan of Commission. And one of their big records is King of Glory. So I'm, I'm, I'm floored. Like I'm at Liberty University. I'm hearing this brother preach. He's a part of Transformation Crusade. And he rapped with Commission. Game over, bro. Anything this guy says, <laughs> game over, bro. Like whatever, whatever, bro. It's wow. game over. You know, and then you talked about you 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 kind of gave a little bit of the spill of how you got on scholarship to do hip hop, and that encouraged me even more because it's like man, I feel this tug to go in this direction, and you're telling me that that it's already happened at Liberty, so I'm not coming in trying to create something new. It's already been here, yeah. um, so that was very encouraging, and and I'm gonna pause the story there, okay? Because now we got to rewind. See, I'm intertwining this thing. Because come on, you come you've got to tell us the story, and I see you got the shirt on, bro. You gotta let us let us see that shirt. Got it on, there man. it is, got it on, man. commission, bro. All day. And if and All if day, anybody man. has been following me over the past year, you know that commission is like my top of the top. Like I'm not a like I I I got tons of music as a DJ. I mean, you see all these records behind me. This is phony, by the way. Hmm. <laughs> Now I've got commission LPs right here. <laughs> I got I got commission LPs right here. They're real. One day I'm gonna get my collection. I'm gonna get my collection up to up to game. But nonetheless, um, I don't even know where I was going with that, bro. I I lost my track. Oh, if anybody who knows me, you know I'm a huge commission fan. All right. So you've got to tell the story, bro. How in the world? Okay, going from Liberty University. How did you connect with? the great commission well you might be a commission fan i'm a commission junkie okay so so i'm on a whole nother step of being strung out you know what i'm saying <laughs> so uh, but yeah uh, back in 87 and uh the the musical um things that we could listen to was very slim even though we would sneak and listen to mainstream music but then when you think about gospel music it, it just weren't many options. There. Yeah. But I had a homeboy who, who was from Washington, D.C. Again, his name was Daryl McGee. And he was telling us about commission. And we knew about the whinings. Right. But he was telling us about commission and he played it for us. And it was like, whoa, <laughs> this is just smooth. And then we looked at the album covers and, you know, we're seeing that they look like us mm. and young dudes and they got jeans on and, and the haircuts are like, yo, I'm like, oh, man. So I started listening and was hooked from day one. And I can't sing a lick, but I sing it when I hear it. Harmonies and what they were saying and that they were in the word, that their lyrics were sound and solid. Everything was tight. So then we went to go see them live. And then to see that they, they, they were a band. Yeah. That it wasn't like they were playing, you know, soundtracks. They were a band with Fred on bass and Mike on drums. Uh, 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 Mike E on guitar, like they were a band. Uh, Mike on the keys, mm -hmm. it was crazy, and the singing, 
And their concerts were just so powerful. Like they would start you off high with praise yeah. and they come out jamming and jamming. But before they even did that, they would do a rumble track where uh, um, Ray, who was Fred's brother, would play a rumble track like this bass to just get all up in your chest. And then they would have a smoke machine. So again, you're, you're tripping watching all this. Yeah. And uh, they're like a, a born again version of Earth, Wind and Fire. Yeah. It was just funky. And then they, they start high and then they, they stay up there for a minute. Then they would come down, man, for worship. And then they would testify about whatever they were going through. Uh, I remember Mitch had just came out of a car accident mm. and Fred's wife had been sick and they were testifying about God's healing power, what God could do. And then they would close the show back going up on a crescendo. Then they would come back out for an encore. Man, I've never been to a concert like a commission concert. And they were like that every time because we would travel and see them whenever they were up and down the Eastern seaboard. We, we were going to check them out in Washington, Virginia, DC. We, we were going to go hear commission. Man. Yeah. And so we, we, we were going around, you know, as junkies. So they got used to seeing us around. And I remember one day we were able to uh, get on their tour bus. I think it was uh, before show, after show, not sure, but we got on their tour bus and we began to tell them how much they mean to us being at Liberty University, not having many musical options. Mm -hmm. We just told them. And then we told them that, uh, that we rap, we're a group. And so they were like, you know, do a little something for us. Now, I got to tell you now, Keith Staten was my dude and he still is. Yeah. So, so when I would listen to commission at that time, like I was so drawn to Keith mm -hmm. and his voice and his heart for worship. So uh, I remember I would always talk to Keith about his quiet time, man. Talk to me, man. What can I learn from you? So I'm wanting to impress Keith when I rapped for this first time for them on the bus. And Fred was in the back kind of real quiet. He was just watching. He was just watching. And so uh, so we do our rap, man. And they're like, yo, that's nice. That's sweet. And again, Fred real quiet. I can't read him well, you know. And uh, then Mike E, who was the guitarist for them, mm -hmm. who uh, also became a, a Christian rapper, he did a little bit of his rap too. And his rap was a little bit more advanced because he had production access that we didn't have right. so so we heard this stuff it was like dang he kind of killing us this stuff like uh but but you know we, we were supporting each other uh and so in time fred hit us up like man y'all really got something man y'all got some matter of fact why don't y'all open up for us you know so we would find out where they would be and then we would drive there and we open up you know for 10 minutes do a few songs or whatever and again, back then, it was just pretty much me and Daryl on a beatbox. Yeah. That's what it was. And man, you know, we would get the crowd ready for commission. So Fred, he saw what we did. And we had a song called um, He's King. And the song would end with us just shouting back and forth that the Lord is King. And, and it was just like a holy moment. And so when it came time for the number seven album, uh, Fred said, I want y'all to do that thing y'all do at the end of He's King. I, I, I got this song, I want y'all to do that on. So we went to uh, Detroit. This was after um, he had produced our first record. So okay. he had produced our first record for us because there was a group, <clears throat> uh, there was an investor, I'll say, in Maryland who wanted to um, make a, a serious project with us. We'd already made our own project, right. um, but he wanted to make a project for us 
So he put the money up and we asked Fred to produce it. So Fred did it. The project was done. Then commission left light record, went to Benson records. Okay. And Fred took that project with him to Benson records and said, because you're signing us, we want you to sign our guys. Transformation Crusade. So Fred used his power to get us signed to Benson, nice. which was at that time the largest company. And one of their branches was a frontline or forefront that uh, had DC Talk on it. Yeah. So DC Talk was already blowing up uh, on that mm-hmm. branch under Benson. So the company said, okay, we'll take, the, we'll take that project. And what they did was they put a cover on our record that looked like DC Talk's record, you know, uh, <laughs> and put it on a shelf next to DC, DC Talk's. So that, that was like the marketing plan. Yeah. So anyway, so um, so they're making number seven in Dearborn Heights Studio A. And Fred is like, I want y'all to do that thing. So we come there, man, and uh, they put us in a booth and I hear it. I hear Marvin's voice on the song. And it's just like crazy. And so they're like, all right, right here in this space, we want y'all to thing. And I was just like, man, there's no way. It's just not... <laughs> So, uh, so, so we ended up writing something. I wrote something right there, you know, in the studio, kind of like what, what they did to Eric. I don't know what room they put me in, but I wrote something that, that had a little bit of that in it. Yeah. That he's kidding. He's kidding. And, uh, <clears throat> and then Daryl and I practiced it. And then we went in there and we laid it, man, you know, all in a day. And I'm tripping because <laughs> DJ Pedo, you, 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 you could appreciate this. Up until that time, Commission never featured anybody on that record. Right. I gotta say that to people listening. Yeah. They they were they did not feature anybody on their record. So we were the first uh uh group mm-hmm. or person that was featured before Run before DMC. Run DMC. Because yep. before Run DMC came yep. on, uh uh they they featured us. Now they didn't put our name in the in the jacket, you know, or or, or in the notes and none of that stuff. But that's why I made sure I said, let me put the name Transformation Crusade. It was in there. <laughs> Just in case it didn't put us in the liner, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, so, so we are uh, emblazoned on one of the greatest songs of all time with King of Glory. Uh, and man, it's just, it's just, I'm just humbled by it, grateful for it. So yeah, that's how that went down. You know, <clears throat> you ever watched this movie, bro? called back to the future mm, way back in the day yeah. so there's there's a scene in back to the future 2 where where doc and marty got to go back to the past and they're going back to a specific date where all this big stuff happened and doc is like it's funny that that the guy would pick that particular date it's like that date is like some type of paradox in the universe or whatever i feel like that's what it is for number seven for commissions number seven mm. and this is why i say that because you are the third person who Fred gave an opportunity to. So, you know, I talked to my guy, PDA from Pajam. He said, man, mm-hmm. Fred put me in a space for number seven. I'm a young guy on the scene, you know, trying to get my, my, my chops, you know, whatnot. And Eric Dawkins, same thing. Fred got him into a room and made him write um, a record. It came out with, I can't live without you. And now you guys, it's almost as if, that was the album that really gave commission the opportunity. They see all these young guns 
who's who's loving what they're doing and say, hey, listen, these are the guys who's going to take this thing beyond us. Let's give them that shot. And that's just crazy that yeah. number seven, um, and I'm pretty sure there's probably a ton of more stories um, that come out. But you said it, bro. Like, honestly, I've never thought about that until you just said it. I don't remember any feature on any record <laughs> before you guys. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's huge. Yeah, man. Yeah, very huge. Yeah. Very huge. And I want to say this, and I want to make this clear. My life would not be what it is, nor would I be where I am without Fred Hammond and Commissioned. And that's just not yesterday. That's today as well. There's not a day that goes by that I don't listen to uh, music by Fred Hammond and Commission. When I'm walking my dog every morning, I'm Fred Hammond, I'm playing Commission. Uh, and so they have left an indelible imprint on my life. Uh, Keith has sang at our church. Uh, uh, Montrell attends our church when he's in town. So I, I can't get away from these guys. These guys can't get away from me. Uh, Fred and I, you know, we're working on something right now, just a little song for a throwback. Uh, Christian hip hop project okay. that uh, Fred Lynch from PID reached out to me about uh, about putting a song on this soundtrack for a movie that they did pretty much with a lot of the West Coast guys, uh, Dynamic Twins and SFC yeah. and all them groups, just kind of tracing hip hop. I think they go back to Michael Peace mm-hmm. and Stephen. Now they didn't put us in the movie, but they said, man, we'll put y'all on the soundtrack. So yeah, so uh, so yeah, man, I, I love uh, because by getting a record contract with Benson that Fred Hammond orchestrated. Mm-hmm. That's what led us when we graduated to move to Nashville. Wow. A record contract. Wow. Uh, but when we got here, we lost the contract. <laughs> Thing I know, <laughs> I'm working at a church, which leads to me planting the church I pastor now. God had a plan, bro. So, uh, again, God had a plan, and, 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 and Fred Hammond's fingertips, fingerprints are all over god's plan in my life so it's crazy now going back to to the liberty story when <clears throat> so i'm hearing i'm hearing your story i'm I, you finally do your rap and you know like i said you could do like after you you had the the perfect sandwich bro as my intro to liberty you know you're a black guy you're killing it with the word you rap and you a transformation crusade and you rap with commission whatever you say bro yeah, yeah. i whatever i'm down but you you talked about that um, that scholarship, and so during that time, I was in the same boat, bro. Like I was, I was at Liberty University, bro, on on straight faith, all right. And so what mm-hmm. I began to see was that there were opportunities at the school to um, to audition for groups that would travel and do recruitment. Okay, so the first group that I tried out for, I was trying out to be a drummer. For a group at Liberty, mm. okay, and you'll appreciate this, a group called Chosen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and you're familiar with that group My brother-in-law. because your brother-in-law started that group. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now I didn't get the gig. Didn't notice, man. I you, you put me on game round. So I I didn't get the gig, but he he told he he said to me he said hey. Well, I told him I said hey man, listen, I know you know you probably got a bunch of drummers because I tried out for drums. So you probably got a bunch of guys chomping at the bit trying to get this spot. I said, but listen, my brother is here as well. And he plays the organ. And he was like, oh, man, your brother. I said, listen, my brother plays, bro. Like Shirley Caesar's organ has trained him himself. Like he's bad. Um, And so I connected Mm. my brother 
with Phil and Chosen. And my brother started playing and traveling with Chosen. And so, you know, and he got the scholarship. Okay. So now here I am getting my brother put on and I'm still kind of hanging back. Right. Mm. Mm. So then I'm, I'm walking with a friend of mine, uh, me and a friend of mine, her name is Rosita and me and her connected. Like we were tight, bro. And we connected and you know what we connected on? Both of us were like commission heads, bro. So that's how we were, you know, we will be, you know, listening to commission, talking about commission. And man, we were walking down the hallway of the school one day and we see on the board, there's this group called the Sword Dunk Team, and they're looking for a DJ. And she looks at me and says, hey, why don't mm. you go out and, and, and check it out? I'm like, come on now. Like, they, they need somebody with turntables and experience. I got music, but, you know, and by this time, I was kind of getting into um, a lot more heavily a lot of the Christian rap. I started doing radio and whatever. So I had records. You know, I had records for days. Mm -hmm. But I ain't never had no turntables. She said, just go check it out. You don't know what happened. Just go check it out. So, bro, I go to the tryout, and I'm the only one that shows up <laughs> to the tryout. Mm -hmm. And the guy says, look, man, you're the only one here. Um, do you got turntables? I said, man, I ain't got no turntables. He said, listen, we'll give you a $1,000 scholarship per semester. You go get some turntables, you got the gig. Chris, I had like $400 to my name, okay? Mm -hmm. And that was to to pay on my tuition, you know, to kind of keep keep them off my back or whatever. <laughs> so I called my parents up and say, listen, I need to take this money and go buy these turntables. This is what it is. Mm -hmm. So they say, go, you know, yeah. go ahead, do what you got to do. So I did it, bro. Bought my first set of turntables, got the gig. As they say, the the rest is is history. history. <laughs> so that's where DJP Dog came from. From from those, wow. and this happened maybe two weeks after you had preached, bro. Like in that two week span, mm. it all happened like like clockwork, bro. So just just for me mm. to even hear, have heard your story, um, and to be inspired that one, I don't have to create nothing. It's already happened before. How is this gonna happen? And I thought I was gonna be a rapper, bro. You know. I mm. thought I was going to be a rapper and, and thank God he had other plans because that was not my gig, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And so huh. just, just to, again, to hear your story and then fast forward, um, here I am, you know, I'm traveling with the sword team, but then I kind of move over from them and start doing my own thing. And I started creating these little, um, a movement of, of Christian hip hop um, on the campus through radio, through gatherings, through concerts, the whole nine yards and, and me and one of my guys, uh, we formed a group. And I remember um, Jerry Falwell um, had called myself and, and one other guy to a lunch and, and we had a meeting and he said, listen, we want to try this, this thing um, and, and use hip hop as a ministry. And we said, man, whatever mm. you need, we got you. What you need, we got you. And Jerry, it, he brought us into convocation. So it wasn't the old time gospel mm. hour, but it was, it was the televised convocation, and he had us do our thing um, on that stage. And I remember, bro, that this is, man, this is like 2000, at this point, it's like 2004-ish, 2005. Man, he caught so much heat. Like, he caught, so I'm mm. sure he caught heat for putting you guys on the old-time gospel hour <laughs> back, in the, back in the 80s. And, man, it's, so it's crazy how not only... Your story has inspired me, 
But even beyond that, bro, because I remember at that, um, you know, um, spiritual emphasis week, you brought your, you know, your brother-in-law and sister-in-law to give their testimony. That was inspiring. Regina and Jua, they're yeah. amazing people, uh-huh. bro. Um, you know, got to know your father-in-law, Dr. McFarlane. Um, yeah. yeah, he was, yeah. Um, me and my wife, before, while we were dating, we were taking his theology class. And he would only teach it, mm. he would only teach it once a month. And mm. every class, bro, beginning of every class, he would ask the whole class a question. He would say, so, um, <laughs> anybody get engaged this weekend? <laughs> That sounds like and he would be looking right at me and, and, and my wife, bro. And, and you know, so it's I, I feel like our stories are, are so intertwined and, and connected, bro. Amen. So yeah. it's yeah. um yeah. it's crazy, man. Wow. It's it's crazy to hear your story, mm-hmm. bro. Mm-hmm. Um and, and even you to hear mine. It's like I think it's it's just amazing how all these things, like you go into Liberty, bro, that time I'm in kindergarten. And here's what's weird. The the school that I was at when I was in kindergarten, it was called Liberty. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I'm just playing on words now, bro. You know how we do in hip hop. We wow. just playing on words. Well, right, right. Yeah. Well, it's encouraging to hear your story um, on a lot of levels. Uh, one level is it reminds me that my labor is not in vain. Absolutely. When I'm trying my best to plant seeds, to, to be obedient, to do what the Lord tells me to do, to preach his word, which will never return void, that he has a way of touching lives, even using again my story. Uh, of being a rapper on scholarship to give you that spark to say, man, it, what God did before he can do again with me. And, uh, and that you were able to get the desire of your heart to be able to do hip hop, to be a DJ and to be able to be scholarship. Yeah. Once again, saying that your gift will make room for you and that we've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. And you didn't have to compromise what God put in you. Uh, but God wanted that developed right there at Liberty. Yeah. And for Jerry Fall to see that in you and to take that chance, yeah. knowing that there would be repercussions. Uh, but but that's one of the things I, I loved and respected about him, because if it was about the gospel, if it was about people coming to Christ, then he was down with it. And and he got behind. It. And we had some conversations and he told us stuff that he said, you know, I would never say these things on camera in front of people. But he told us about many of the people that he would debate back in the day. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Jackson, yep. that off camera, him and Jesse were right, friends. Right. So he had a persona. He had a way about him. And um, and I know people um, who went to Liberty who would hear Jerry Falwell talk and trusting God to get this mountain and to build this building. And because of, of that seed, they rose up and had faith as well that God could prevent them. And so uh, with, with all of the, the warts and uh, some of the uh, struggles that we've had at Liberty and what has come out as of late, we can't deny how God still hit a bullseye with a crooked stick in our lives. Um, just recently, I started letting people know I went to Liberty. There was a time I didn't want nobody to know I went to Liberty. Uh, yeah. But just recently, <laughs> I've been saying, you know, because that's my story. Yeah. That, that's where I, I obeyed. I stepped out on and and God met me. Mm-hmm. So, can't get away from what he did in my life. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and, and I don't know if I'll get invited to speak <laughs> again, but that's all right. Another conversation. But you were you were you but were yeah. just there recently because Regina was there speaking. Regina was speaking. Yes, yes. 
and uh, Nasser had made available for family members to come and support her. And so Darina, my wife, came. I came with her to support Regina. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So and that was the first time I've been back probably since my son graduated from Liberty uh, in 2017. Wow. My son Dante graduated from Liberty. So that was probably the last time I was there. Nice, nice. And I'll be back <clears throat> at Liberty. Uh, well, by the time people see this, that'll be over with by now. But um, April 9th, I'll be there uh, for College for a Weekend doing um doing yeah. a concert. You on the ones and twos? Yeah, man. You on the ones and twos? They're they bringing the old man back. What? <laughs> what? One night only. Oh, man. One night only. <laughs> One? Oh, man. Oh, boy. Yeah, mm, man. Mm, mm. If I wasn't eight hours away, I might try to make that. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy because the theme is it's gonna be like a Soul Train kind of theme, bro. So it's gonna, you know, wow. we're gonna be doing everything that you guys couldn't do. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. Right. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy um good time, bro. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's been a minute since I've been to Liberty, um, but man, I got so many. Like again, I'm I'm with you, bro. You know, to be honest, if I can be honest as well. You know, over the last couple of years, it's been a struggle um, talking about, you know, my time at Liberty. But the reality of it is, you know, that's a part of my story, too. You know, mm -hmm. it is what it is. Like, mm -hmm. I, I got a chance to tour and travel with Lecrae. Um, and I met him when he came to Liberty by way of Kids Across America um, to, mm -hmm. to, to do some recruiting there. Um, and that's how him and I connected. Yeah. You know, again, my DJ career started there. Um, and I'm still connected with a lot of people there um, to this day, so I'm looking forward to going back and chopping it up with people. And I'm, I'm happy to yeah, see that yeah. that they're on a better path. Um, and so I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a place now where it's like, man, anything that I could do to help them continue and to encourage, you know, those hip hoppers that are still there, because I know a lot of the young guys yeah. that are that are still there, um, that are doing their thing, and and some of them, you know. They look at me like, oh, man, we know what you did while you were here. And I'm like, man, there was so many that came before me. Like, there would be no mm -hmm. me without the Chris Williamsons and the CZs and the Mac the Dulos, you know, yeah. and the Sims, yeah. you know, all you guys, bro. Like, it wouldn't be mm -hmm. nothing. There wouldn't be a DJ P-Dog without you guys paving that um, that way. So, yeah. man, for, for that, my brother, yeah. I salute you. Um, and I thank you for, for what you've done, bro. Now, I, I can't let you go without talking about this. Okay, because you connected with a very good friend of mine, my man Aaron McCain, also known as Cannon, and you just produced mm -hmm. and released some records. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything oh, I was gonna man. let you get away with? Well, talk about that, bro. <laughs> no, I I didn't know you knew Aaron like that, man. Oh, you, you, bro, you know, you know everybody, don't you? Man, listen, man. we were we were this close to being a group. Wow. Me and Cannon, wow. yeah, yeah, because he used to man, he used to tour with um, both of us toured with Lecrae at the same time, um, wow. so we had those conversations wow. and it was it was almost a thing. Yeah, 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 man. That 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 is my uh, son. Yeah, my spiritual son. He calls me pops, and uh, they just moved. He and his wife Ritz just moved to Arizona uh, last year. Okay, and uh, but have been a strong tower for a number of years and served the church and helped me in so many ways. Uh, that's, that's my brother. That's my dude. That's my son. And, uh, and, and he knew of course that I rapped 
And he would always try to edge me on like, hey, man, once a rapper, always a rapper. And I'm like, man, look, dude, I'm prehistoric. I'm old school. These kids are not going to get down with me. He's like, no, man, you need to come back. You need to do something. I'm like, no, man, I don't know. I don't know. I can't do it. So then, you know, the Lord just, he wouldn't let it go. And, and the Lord was like, yeah, once a rapper, always a rapper. So, uh, you know, Aaron would, was encouraging me, man, get my confidence up. So I said, all right, man, I'll, I'll cut some. So I reached out to Fred Hammond because I, I, knew, I knew that they were doing the reunion stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and I said, man, if I do this, I'll just do my old stuff remixed. And Fred was like, well, if you do that, man, just have fun. Whatever you do, have fun. But I was like, ah, oh, man, I got to write some stuff. I, I can't go out completely like that. <laughs> so I rewrote some of the old songs. Yeah. I just rewrote them. And I did a couple new ones too. And Aaron produced the whole project, paid for it himself for me to do it as his pastor. Nice. And uh, he and his wife helped me put it out on Spotify and all those mm -hmm. other streaming platforms that I didn't know anything about. Because again, I'm still old school now. Mm -hmm. I'm still downloading off Apple iTunes. You know, well, that's not too old school, like, but I guess in 2021, you know, that's old school, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but like, like, I don't have a, an account with uh, Spotify. Got you. Because I'm like, no, no, I don't, I'm not going to stream music. I'm going to own my music. Right. So that's how I am. I'm I'm going to buy and my computer's going to be full with thousands of songs versus me streaming it. But anyway, yeah, he, he got me going and, and, and everything. So, uh, yeah, man. And then, you know, then he, he fooled around and rapped on a couple of songs on it to give it some legitimacy. So yeah, that's my guy. Nice. That's my guy. Nice. Hey man, I got, I got two more questions for you and I meant to ask you this earlier because you were talking about commission and cause King of glory is not all you guys did with commission. Right. Okay, because you guys wrote a rap for If My People. If My People, yeah, yeah. That we would come out during the concert. So we would open up for them and then stand in the back like a fan and just enjoy the show. Then when they would get to If My People, we would come out and do this rap that we wrote during the uh, musical break, the drum break in it. And so uh, Fred, he's so good, he learned it. And then they started doing it you know, themselves. So when they did their reunion, their first uh, concert in, I think it was Cincinnati, mm -hmm. their first show. Yeah. Uh, he was like, yeah, man, <laughs> I want you to come up here and I want you to do that rap on If My People, man. So I said, okay, all right. So they were wearing all white. So I went out and got me an all white outfit and everything. You know, I was practicing, make sure I could do the rap. And, and we get there. And Fred is like, man, it's shifted. The guys want to do the rap themselves. They want to do it. So I say, man, that's cool. So him and Marvin and, and uh, Mitch, people need to see a change, a rearrange. Because they'd always done it, you know, when we weren't there. Bro. So, yeah. It's the most. I wrote It's that. the most. Didn't, didn't get no royalties for that jammy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's, it's the most funniest thing to me. Because I, I watched that film. I got to see him. I got to see the reunion um, in D.C., and I've I've gone back and watched old tapes, bro. I'm telling you, I think Marvin Sapp wanted to be a rapper. Fred definitely wanted to be a rapper. Man, when those guys start rapping that verse, it's like they and no no yeah, they come no pun intended. They trans <laughs> they have a transformation, bro. Trans yeah, they do, they do, they do, they do. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I remember when they filmed the video for it. We were still in school at Liberty at the time. Yeah. And so we had to drive to Nashville for the video shoot. 
And I didn't understand the concept of the video, but they were shooting, you know, all day long as if it was a rehearsal mm -hmm. session. So, so they did a lot of the songs to number seven. And, uh, and, and then we came and we did the video for King of Glory, which again was a whole lot of fun. And I didn't know how long that song was because while we're making the video, I'm like, okay, when's the song gonna fade out? Cause it ain't a lot of room on the stage. You can't really dance or do much. And I wasn't much of a dancer anyway. I'm like, man, this song going on forever. He's a little but but those are just great memories. Then we went to a gym and played basketball after that. Nice. And Mitch, Mitch is a baller. Mitch is one of them ballers. Not only can he play, but he got attitude. Yeah. You know, he 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 one of them dudes that he gonna cross you up. He gonna try to he gonna try to make you look bad. So it was again good to just hang with them, man, and just just see these cats, man. It, Real brothers, good kids. Absolutely. That that seemed like that's probably like part of their whole thing, bro. Cause I was talking to um Park Stewart um a few months ago and he mm -hmm. said when they first started, but even before commission was commissioned, they would write songs, record, and then go play basketball. Like that was just their mm -hmm. their thing. So I could definitely see that. I wanted to ask you this yeah. question, bro. <clears throat> Specifically about DC Talk. Yeah. Because you, you said that you were a part of a group with, with Toby. And I, I want to ask this real question because I know you said, you know, by the time they got their thing and you guys had your thing, you know, it was kind of like that trying to be neck and neck kind of thing. Did you ever feel any regret from from parting ways with him from the music when you saw their situation blow up? Great question. Nope, never did. Um, because what they were doing was their thing. Yeah. Um, and they had a great thing. Um, Kevin, I tell Kevin, man, you have one of the greatest voices I have ever heard in any genre. And when he and Mike got together, I mean, they just had something. It was the hand of God. They had the Midas touch. And 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 Toby was the orchestrator. They could write songs. Mm -hmm. Like, they had their thing. So I, I don't have any regrets because we did what we were supposed to do. Yeah. And Transformation Crusade was an outreach ministry. We weren't musical. We were preachers who could rhyme. That was pretty much it. Got you. And when we tried to become musical, that's when I feel God lifted his hand off, off of us and said, that season is done. The evangelism. Okay, all that, all that evangelism. Now I want y'all to shepherd people. I want you to disciple people and not just see them come in. I want you to help them grow up. Yeah. So when I look back at it, there are no regrets. And what a lot of people may not know is that I was Toby's pastor here in Tennessee. Man, 10 years i don't know how how however long baptized his children wow um you know so and, and we're still friends to this day um but yeah yeah no no regrets but i did sit down with him in his house and i just felt it was necessary for me to say to him hey man i want to apologize to you for shading you back in the day hmm. because there were there were groups that were jealous of him and i won't name any any of the names of the christian rap groups but but it was kind of like you know the elvis thing Here's a white dude that's in our genre that's taking it somewhere that we're not even taking. Yeah. And some of that was because of the melanin, but some of it was also because, again, God's hand was on them and they were white, as I mentioned, but they could sing. They, they had they had something. Yeah. They had songs. Um, but I had, to, I had to say, hey, man, I want to tell you, I'm sorry, man. You know, and he was gracious to me. Uh, but I had to, I had to get that off my chest. Yeah. You know, I confessed it to the Lord, but I wanted to confess it to him that there was jealousy in terms of how their group blew up. Yeah. And and our group blew apart 
you know, but that was God's plan for us. <laughs> you know, it, it went as far as it was supposed to go. Yeah. And, uh, and then man, Hey, he changed my heart from evangelism to shepherding and pastoring. And I ended up doing something I said I would never do in this planet church, yet alone plan a multiracial church. And, so. and you're doing it, bro. Like I said, I, I got a chance to come out there, um, and see you guys, um, in action, which was huge for me. Like I was out in Nashville for like a week that particular time. Mm. And, um, I knew who you were. You didn't know me from anything. And we got back to the visitors area and you, you know, you meeting everybody say, yeah, man, I'm here with my man, Ben. And, you know, we were at Liberty. He said, oh, you from Liberty? Hold tight right there. And um, <laughs> went out to eat with you guys. <laughs> and I remember we were sitting wow. we were sitting down at lunch, bro. And this lady came over. And she's talking to you. And she's saying how much she's enjoying. She enjoyed the message and whatnot. And you tell her, like, yeah, hey, let me introduce you to my man, P. And Ben, they from Liberty and whatnot. And so, oh, yeah, yeah. And she, was, she had mentioned mm. something about you know, wanting to possibly go back to Liberty or something or whatever. Now, as a recruiter, I turned on the recruiting mode immediately. And I, Whoa, and I said, hey. and I said, hey, we can get you signed up. You know, we can get you signed up right now. You know, she's like, oh, no, I got family. I said, no, no, we got the online mm. program. We, you, you, you got to leave home, mm. you know, the whole nine. And, and she laughs wow. it off and, you know, she goes back to her table. And you, you looked at me and said, hey, man, do you know who that is? And I said, nah, I have no idea who that is. You said, and that's Toby Mac's wife. And I said, oh, she don't need my help to get into Liberty. <laughs> Toby can make a phone call. Wow. And that's that's a wrap, you know? Wow. Man, I don't remember none of that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad it's not something like, yeah, man, you threw your food on somebody. No, 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 none of that, none of that. Listen, man, Yeah. Um, yeah. I appreciate you coming on the show, bro. Um, let everybody know where they can keep up with you, man, because you got a lot of great things going. You got the church going on. You got, um, you know, you do online services as well. Let everybody know how they can keep up with yeah. you, bro. Uh, you can get me on Facebook, uh, Chris Williamson. Uh, you can get me on Instagram. I believe my name is It's Pastor Chris. My kids changed my name. I think it's It's Pastor Chris. And then on Twitter, uh, I think it's also It's Pastor Chris or something like that. I just put my name in Chris Williamson. But I'm on all that stuff, man, and hey, I'm doing my best to keep up with the kids. I heard that. Has anybody ever asked you, are you related to Zion Williamson? No, nope. I thought about getting his jersey just so I could wear it because it has Williamson on the back. I'm wondering if anybody's ever asked Zion Williamson, hey, are you related to Chris Williamson? I wonder if that's ever happened. Man, <laughs> but you know what, though? I wouldn't be surprised because like you said at the beginning, you know, yesterday Chuck D decided to follow me on Twitter. And so he's in my top five. There you go. So for Chuck D to follow me, man, because I, I had to correct him. He had, he had said something about, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King is a great man, all this kind of stuff. And I interjected, I said, wait a minute, Chuck, at the beginning of the Fight the Power video, you put down Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement, and you called it 63 nonsense hmm. because they were marching and they were being nonviolent. And I said, so now you're saying he's, you know, a great guy and so chuck d apologized man he's like you know what that was when i was 28 years old and i was brash and i didn't think a whole lot but now i'm able to admit my mistakes and then the brother followed me after that so there you uh, go so my wife is like well i hope he i hope he goes and he listens to your sermons i hope he goes hey you never know so, yeah but who knows you never know you, you never so know zion follows a brother man i've seen god do stuff in my life man man i, I have been blessed in so many ways he, he's put me in many rooms 
that my name was in the room before my feet got mm. there. So I'm, I'm not surprised on anything that God can do, how he can use anyone, anywhere, anytime for his glory. Indeed. So, hey, I'm, I, whether I preach it or I rap it, talk it, live it, I'm going to let my light shine for Jesus, man. I, I love him. I, I thank God for his grace and his mercy, his kindness. Man, I love being born again. I love God. And I, 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 I couldn't imagine my life without Jesus, mm. man. So, Amen. And, it's, and I'm glad to talk to another young brother that's got that fire in his belly and uh, uses his gifts that, that many people would say you can't use. That's that worldly stuff. Well, if it's that worldly stuff, I'm going to use it to reach the world. I'll tell you that. There you go. So, man, I like keep that. Keep doing your thing, man. Yeah. And, and I watch your podcast. I get encouraged. I learn stuff. I laugh. And uh, like this morning, I was listening to one of your loops that you did with a secret place mm. from commission. Yeah. I was like, now, where he get that intro? I created it, bro. That intro going a long time. You creep, man. Because I was like, <laughs> he must. And then I was trying to watch your hands. I'm like, is he looping this? And it kept going and going, and you were talking over top of it. Mm-hmm. And then it went right into Carl singing. I said, how did this Negro do that? Yeah, man. Mm. <laughs> I took a long time creating that. It's funny because when I was watching um, the Cincinnati show, um, Fred Hammond said something when they were playing secretly. He said, man, we had this record before Usher did. And I, and I listened mm. and said, holy crap, it sounds exactly like the Usher record. Um, no matter mm. how much. And, and so I went and found the instrumental and I said, bro, that's the same record. And so that, that melody piece at the intro of the secret place, that's the Usher version. Okay. The, the little clicks or whatever. I put that in there. My, Are you serious? Yeah. And I blended it together. It's, he, he, he stole that from them. Bro, it's the same record. It's the same record, bro. I'm to... Then I saw something today that Brian McKnight took a piece out of um, like So Good to Know the Savior or something like oh, that and put it on one of his songs. The crazy thing is Commission has influenced all those guys. Mm-hmm. All those guys. You know, when I had Parks on the show, I showed him, um, you know, Jamie Foxx and Tank singing Ordinary. Um, mm-hmm. I, You know, mm-hmm. Justin Bieber has been influenced by Commission. Boys yeah. to Men, you yeah. know, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. Like they're... Shaka mm-hmm. Khan. Bro. Listen, their music has influenced so many people. It's 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 unbelievable. Um, yeah, and, and and before COVID hit, man, they were really picking up steam with that tour, and so I hope they can get back on it because uh, they were in, being introduced to a whole new generation. Like the old heads, we we knew what was going, about to happen. Yeah, but then for the new folks, like people who didn't even know Marvin Sapp sang with Commission. They, you know, they, they, they're like, what? Yeah. People didn't know Fred Hammond sang with commission. And when I first got on commission, and, and I didn't let, know let that. Let me tell you. Go ahead. Yeah. I remember the first time Marvin sang publicly with commission. I was there. I got that film. We were filming the Bobby Jones gospel show. Wow. And uh, Keith had just left the group. And so they had uh, done the song. Um, uh if you can't tell it, let me tell it. Let, let me tell, tell it. it. And so Marvin was going to have to sing Keith's part. Right. So Marvin was a little nervous, and he and Mike Williams was in the back in the in the dressing room, like fighting with each other, you know, playing around. But but they were irritating each other. And I remember back then, Marvin probably ain't going to like this, but I remember we were the guys who introduced Marvin to the NIV Study Bible. Mm. 
Marvin's like, let me see y'all's Bibles, you know? And back then it was all big and stuff. And uh, he was looking at it like, wow. So to look at how God took him, and I'm not that much older than him, but to see how God has grown him to be a pastor, to be an entrepreneur, to be a great leader. And you look back, you say, man. And then when that boy opened his mouth up, it was like he was the saved Luther. Bruh. Like he had that depth. And then he could go high. It was just, and then when you hear his story, that he was also a commission junkie yep. back in the day. Like it's just the way God has used this group, man. Yeah. To touch so many people. Yeah, man. I, as a matter of fact, the last show that they did on that tour, bro, that was the DC show. I was at that show. I drove mm. I drove four and a half hours to get there, bro. You know, like I got a rental car. Where's home for you? Where's home? I'm in Durham, North Carolina. Oh, okay. You over there with John P. Key. John P. Key, bro. Durham, North Carolina, outside the we county line. Too. Okay. <laughs> outside the county line, baby. Come on, baby. Mm -mm. That's my man too. Man. Yeah, him and him uh. and my mom went to school together. Um wow. Yeah, yeah. He's wow. a he's a great dude, bro. Like he's a cool yeah. guy. Um, but you know, Fred is cool too. I, I got a chance to meet Fred. Um, because you know, when I was touring with Lecrae, we used to do a lot of events with, with Fred and Marvin and, and those guys are just cool dudes, man. Like they're, mm -hmm. you know, and I tried my hardest not to be like fanboy cause they would, it would be funny because they would be at some of the same events, Marvin and Fred. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, man, okay. Y'all are cool separate, but man, what if y'all like surprised us and did a little something, right. something, something, you know, just, right. just cause y'all here, yeah. you're here. You know what I mean? They yeah. they would uh -huh. never do it, but you know. <laughs> but but nonetheless, man, yeah. nonetheless, yeah. we could go on and on. Like, I mean, man. listen, you talk about you, like, bro. I listen to them every single day. I got a Spotify playlist. I literally, I just ordered me a headband so that I could keep my earbuds in my ear while I'm asleep. So I'm listening to Commission while I'm asleep now. Mm. You know, and it, it's yeah. been like that even while I was at Liberty. All my roommates. They know all commission because I had a playlist. That's right. Playing nothing That's but right. commission, you know. So man, we could go on and on. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. About about those guys, bro. On and on. Yeah. yeah. You guys heard my man Chris. Great stories. Great stories. Great guy, man. Make sure you guys follow him. I'm gonna have all his information in the show notes, and I will be back. Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna close out the show here because we went we went way over our original time. But nonetheless, Pastor Chris, man, great guy. Listen, make sure you follow him. Again, all the information will be in the show notes. And you make sure you follow me on all social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at DJP Dog. And, of course, on all the platforms um, where you guys may be watching the show or listening to the show, whether that be Apple Podcasts, um, Amazon Audible, um, iHeartRadio, and, of course, DJPDog.com. All right? Listen. I'll be back next week with another show for you guys. I don't know who we got coming on, but I'm sure it's going to be amazing. All right. So listen, thank y'all for tuning into the show. I'm going to holler at you guys later. One love. Peace. Thank you for checking out DJ P dog in the mix podcast. Please subscribe via YouTube and hit that notification button. Also subscribe via Google podcast, Apple podcast, and Amazon audible.